When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everybody. Russ of My Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. If you're new channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you may have any time I put new content on. And as always, we'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Today's guests, uh, you see him on the West Ham Way and stuff like that. Um, but we're talking to him on his own today, not with everyone else. Uh, it's Supersonic Mark himself, Mark Spanner. Hi, Mark. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Thanks, Russ. Uh, thanks for having me on. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Me too, man. Um, how, how have you been generally? How's uh, in this weird world we live in? Yeah, it's obviously very strange, isn't it? Um, yeah, I've been quite lucky. I'm still working. Um, I mean, I work from home anyway. So from yeah. that point of view, um, it hasn't actually had that big an impact on me. Uh, it just means I haven't gone into the office. Um, sort of missed that interaction at times. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, happy obviously still to be working and um, everything from that point of view seems to be all okay with me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if people got the health and they're still working, that's that's all you can hope for at this time, isn't it? But uh, yeah, no, it's it's one of those, I'm the same same as you. It's like working from home. I think I've been in the office twice since February, yeah, something like that. So um, yeah, it's it is it is. But I think it's going to be the new norm, isn't it? I think I think the whole office working environment, I think, um, is it's all been flipped on its head a little. A little bit now. I mean, my my company were a little bit hesitant for working from home, um, you know, before all this happened, and it was almost forced their hands to do it, and it works. So, you know, they still hopefully keep it going. So, you know, I oh yeah, it's uh, it's all about being in routine, isn't it? I think that's the trouble with people working from home. You could easily get you know too distracted and that working longer than you normally would do, um, that type of thing. So, um, my wife particularly, I I have to shout at her to switch her computer off sometimes because it's like it's getting silly. It's like it's getting now so um but yeah, no, yeah i'm um, sorry i was just gonna say i've um me and my uh, partner we just had our first uh baby in september uh, oh. so again as well um, my hours of, of uh, which has been absolutely great so it's obviously been strange we're still missing out on stuff but um but with the mum and baby groups and all that sort of stuff but, yeah i should then make sure i give her a mention on it <laughs> 
in case she does watch it back at some yeah. point. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's like be on YouTube for prosperity now, Mark. So if it's not, yeah, yeah, you can't... yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good thing, isn't it? It's a good thing in that that you know, a lot of there's been a lot of babies. But obviously, there always always are a lot of babies born. But it seems a lot of people I know are having kids. Uh, been having their kids during lockdown, so to speak, and uh, it means you can not just those two weeks parental leave. You know, you can spend some proper time with the little one, and and that's so important, so important. Yeah, it is. It's, um, we're we're both really enjoying it, and uh, yeah. even just like little things at lunchtime and stuff like that, just being able to oh, get that time. Obviously, with Sam before if you're in the office normally, I would miss out on that. So exactly, that, that, seeing like a little smile or something, or you know, whatever it may be, is obviously yeah, great. It is. It is great. And that's one thing, you know, I've obviously you work, you know, people, you work in the office all the day, you're up early, you, you come back late and you sort of miss that out. So that's that's something which I think lockdown's got me more time with my daughter and my wife and stuff. And and, and so my wife as well, she works, you know, you know, nine to five, you know, driving you know, crazy hours as well. So it sort of means you've got to spend more time together, which is nice. And particularly my daughter as well. She's and my dog as well. My dog's quite looking. He's quite enjoyed it. Although, like, if I have to go to West Ham, or whatever, it's like the other day of the Palace game. Uh, apparently, she was standing, sitting at the door, like whining, pining for me to come home. And I was like, oh my god, you know, bloody hell, my poor wife. She's like, I've got fucking dog screaming, saying, you know, barking for you to come home and you're, you're going to be home until 11 o'clock at night. But, but saying about, I mean, at least West Ham are keeping us entertained, aren't they, during this weird time we live in? Yeah, they are. I must admit, I think I was one of the fans at the start of the season with the fixture list we had, but thinking, oh, yeah. if we don't beat Newcastle, then, it, you know, we could be looking for a long, you know, long battle for up until, mm. I think it was the beginning of November, wasn't it, when we got yeah. full of But, um, yeah, I mean, full credit to David Moyes. Obviously, the switch to three at the back um, has made a big impact. Um, and it obviously, I know, obviously, that's had to change the last in the last game against Palace. But mm-hmm. um, I think you can see the impact that that's had on the team. Um, and obviously, it's absolutely great at the minute to see where we are. With you know, results are great. And performances have generally been quite good as well. And it's you know, it's really nice to to see where we are at the moment. And and long may it continue. Yeah, it's nice, and it's it's unusual for for West Ham fans to have the sort of bit of prolonged enjoyment in the league. Do you know what I mean? It's always like, unless you're in the Championship or something, where it's, it was like it was yeah, you know, quite fun all the time. Yeah. But here, it's like you've got a situation where you know, and we know, and you know, I've said it before on the channel, we know the speed bump's going to happen. We know there's going to be a three nil to Burnley defeat coming on soon we know that and i think that's what we're waiting for we're waiting for it rather than as you said enjoying it enjoying the fact that you know uh when we pay fat frank's lot it's actually you know a a battle for europe place at the moment you know so it's rather than just us versus them you know it's um it's a funny old season anything's going to happen and that's uh, there's going to be some weird some weird results are going to still happen for the rest of this season um particularly about fans there as well um and the majority obviously some some play some clubs yeah, are still obviously yeah. very fortunate enough to still have them obviously we had them for one game um which didn't really work for us did we help us to be honest um but yeah <laughs> oh, for us to get the games of tier three by the club i reckon so that we could uh yeah, can we hurry this up a bit we got palace at the week on wednesday yeah i know yeah it's uh it's a strange one but i think i just think it's and you know Obviously, you know, we've, we've obviously Slav going and Big Sam going in at West Brom and stuff like that. You you know, you you look at the – I wouldn't say 
it's not the smaller clubs, but the, the tighter grounds where, you know, that 12th man makes a big, like Sheffield United's and West Brom's and Fulham's and Brighton's and people like that. And they're the ones that are struggling. Um, you don't realise, you know, more so, let's say there's sort of Tottenham's and, and us, because we've got bigger stadiums and it's like, it's, it 2000 is just a drop in the ocean really but so at Sarah's Park those 2000 that were singing at the um Palace Tottenham game last week um made a huge racket huge difference for the team as well and uh and and I think we still got used to it it's funny on on Wednesday I sort of turned up on Wednesday and it was like game like the norm that was the normal for me Saturday was weird the Saturday before where there was fans and I had to yeah. get a tra- it's horrible to think of it but it was like the normal for me like getting there yeah. and you know, parking up at the stadium and doing this and, you know, walking through the COVID, not having to queue up for an hour to get from my COVID stuff, and um, which is wrong. It's wrong that it's the, it's the normal now, but get in it. What can we do? At the There's nothing to do. You've got to sit there. And, and I mean, I'm being funny. Everyone else, you've got, you guys, everyone watching at home, get a better view. It's warmer. Um, you haven't got a traipse to, to, to Stratford. You haven't got to pay for a burger. You can eat what you want. Um, and you can jump on a Zoom with all your mates, in it? And so, so it's... Um, it's. I think people are getting used to it quite a lot now. Um, this whole sort of watching football. From do you watch it with the crowd noise on or the crowd noise off when there's the um, option? Um, I've I've sort of in the beginning when we when they first come back, I sort of went between the two because I wanted to sort of see what it'd be like without yeah. the crowd noise. But um, yeah, I probably after after a couple of games, I I very quickly changed, uh, and I'm very much a, a, a crowd on person. Um, mm. But I, I tend to zone out anyway, bizarrely, having said that, of the crowd anyway. So, um, uh, just because obviously it's so artificial, isn't it? But, um, yeah, yeah I'm definitely at the moment, I'm a crowd crowd on person. Yeah, I tell you why, yeah, I, I completely forgot. I was watching the on Sunday, there was like three games, weren't there? There was like the Palace game, there was, yeah. I think, Fulham played or the Arsenal played, and they were all like London teams played. And I completely forgot there were fans there. So I was kept, I kept on t- switching over from 401 to 402, going, they've got the crowd noise and all of it. Oh, shit, there is a crowd. Sorry. Completely. I, got, I was so used to putting it on 402 just to get no crowd noise because I like listening to all the players. I like listening to the managers and, and the staff and, and and hearing them swear and stuff. And um, But, yeah, it was just weird. It's so weird. The whole thing weird, isn't it? The whole thing It's like watching it the really, the other day. It is. And hopefully, um, hopefully sooner right off do they've done this with the 2000 but hopefully fingers crossed that um come the new year we might be able to sort of get back to a little bit more of a you know reality where we are all now back in at some point mm, yeah i mean i i yeah i mean I, I i don't know when you know when they'll allow the tiers back in because obviously you know when they put london back to tier two i don't know when that's going to be and yeah it's 2000 and yeah it's just it's just it's just pretty shit in it to be honest i mean i i honestly would probably have no you know once one club couldn't have fans i think it's only fair to sort of say no clubs can have fans i can see both sides of the argument do you know what i mean i can see both sides of you know i had this debate with like jimmy walker randomly we had it on his channel and um he was saying that you know ipswich suffolk itself had like a really low instance rate uh, rate of infection so why should they be put in the same bracket as someone else and i was like well yeah i agree i understand that totally i totally understand that but in the same way football is about level playing field isn't it really and yeah you have done very well so you've got so therefore you can have two thousand fans but unfortunately someone in i don't know um colchester now to be answered for example yeah. they they can't and it's it, it's mm. just because you know the, the football team 
will have a disadvantage because the surrounding area has a high infection rate. It, you know, I can see both sides, but it's. Uh, yeah. I'd rather have no one than than like, everyone has no one rather than a few because obviously Liverpool are going to benefit for that for the time being until everything moves around. Although I think bright, I think a lot of the other ones are going back into tier three, aren't they? Soon, and so. Um, yeah, I, I don't really understand it, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my opinion. That's my learned opinion. There we go. Russ has, Russ has said it. It has to be, has to happen. Right. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Right. So uh, the first question I always ask everyone 10 minutes into the interview is uh, we can see the, the display. We can see the, the shirts. Can you fit in, still, fit in those, all these shirts? <laughs> can you? That's the question. Uh, bit, um, the, the 100th, the centenary year shirt I bought recently. Yes, um, and so the and the Doctor Martin's feeder one on the end that's also been bought recently. But the uh, the Dagenham Rovers one, yeah, that's, that's not yeah. Original, like an original from the time. But yeah, I can. They are all definitely adult sizes. When I bought some of them ones, when I bought some of those hooky ones, it's like the, the sizes aren't aren't right. Aren't <laughs> it's not. That's not. I mean, you know, that's not a double XL. Honestly, I've had to give it to my mate who's like a medium. It's like nah. <laughs> Like that Dagenham, like that Dagenham Motors feeder one, I can see on your on your on your left rather. Um, yeah, yeah, that's nah. The one I got is like no, and I blame Ryan Archer from West Ham Fan TV because he recommended them to me. It did only cost twenty quid, but you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I can't wear it. And then yeah, uh, yeah I I I, I managed to find like loads of older ones when because that's what you do in you lockdown. You did all the sorting out your cupboards and crap like that. And I put them all in a wardrobe in here. And yeah, some of them have got like I was like, oh, how old's this shirt? And on the back, it's got like thirty. So I know that's at least nine years old or, or eight years old. No, nine years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no chance getting that one. No chance getting that one. Uh, the years have not been kind to me. And um, yeah, some of them, but it's different cuts, isn't it? You don't realize how how all the cuts are really different. And even now, the shirts like this season's shirts, the cuts are really different. And it's bizarre, isn't it? Like some of those other shirts, like that pony one, for example, that cut is different to. You know, that's my excuse anyway. <laughs> I know, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And yeah. uh, the pony one seems to be a little bit bigger than the Fina one. And it's just yeah. like, oh, right, okay. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, as I say, they, they all definitely are adult sizes. Uh, although <laughs> some of my friends would say that I'm only little, that I probably could still get in my uh, the child sizes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my excuse. And my wife goes, oh, that, that should really fit you, Russ. Well, it's, 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 it's a slim cut. It's a slim cut. What about that one? That, that's is that normal? Yeah, it's actually relaxed, but no, it's normal. It's a normal cut. That's why you know. So, uh, uh, so anyway, well, come January, that's it. Start again. Lose some weight in January. Anyway, it's not like I've, I haven't had an opportunity to do it for the last like six nine months or whatever. But no, January. Yeah, start January. Anyway. anyway, so why are you a West Ham fan, Mark? That's the question. Why are you not not talking about my waistline? But why are you a West Ham fan, man? <laughs> Um, I, it's, uh, I think like a lot of West Ham fans, it's a family thing. Yeah. Um, I was born into it, really. Um, so my on my mum's side, uh, my nan was born in Barking. Um, and also on the same side, my granddad um, could have been an Arsenal supporter because he was uh, he was born in Highbury. Uh, sure. But fortunately, he didn't like football. So I managed to avoid that one. Um, and then on my dad's side, um, he was he was born in Woodford Bridge, um, and yep. he his, his dad, so my granddad, uh, he was he was born in Woodford, and they were his local team, so that's how he got involved. And uh, and then yeah, obviously just it just got passed down to myself um, and my brother as well. Um, so yeah, ever since I've been been diehard really. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, do you remember your first? Do you remember your first game at West Ham? Yes, I do. Um, so my first game was on the sixth of October, nineteen ninety. Um, so Billy Bondy's first full season in charge as, as manager. Uh, we played Hull City. Um, we won seven one. Um, which I thought was as a as a five year old. I thought this was the norm. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I'd, I wish I knew that at the time. That wasn't always going to be the case. Um, obviously managed to see Steve Potts's uh, one and only senior yes. goal, uh, which I'm still not sure how it trickled over the line after the um, after the goalkeeper's fumble. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed my day. Um, I think I was already quite diehard even at that at that young age, or certainly to a five year old anyway. Sure. And uh, was and I remember after the game was like oh, I can't wait to go for the next match and when, when are we going to go and and um, went with my dad um, and yeah just sort of it's just grown and grown really from there and and obviously seen some some great results some indifferent results yeah. um, and some results that you just think well I could see that coming a mile off so yeah it's been but it's certainly been enjoyable anyway over the last sort of 20 30 years and so, so yeah. yeah. They keep you entertained, don't they? More than anything. That's what I mean. There's, there's, you know, and that's why I think there's so many. Obviously, you know, you you you, you join the uh, do stuff for the West Ham fan, uh, West Ham Way TV rather with with Corey, and there's obviously loads West Ham fan, and you know, there's Irons United and Clabber Army and da da and Three Am. And I think the reason why there's so many West Ham YouTube channels is because it's it. There's always something to talk about with West Ham. There's always something entertaining. It's always, you know, it's not boring. I don't see them being so many. Southampton West, you know, YouTube channels. You know what I mean? He's like, what do they talk about? You know, they've got a, a great academy set up. They, you know, they got this. They, they fall for this. What do they talk about? Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, apart from I don't know, uh, I don't know, Ralph's clothes he wears and the touch. I don't know. It's like there's nothing to talk about. You know, it, it seemed really boring. Um, whereas you know, we've always got something to talk about. I think that's why that's why people like listening to West Ham fans, even if they're not a West Ham fan, because. We we are a very strange bunch of fans. Very strange, I think. You know, we've got this re- weird little club in East London that has just produced this completely diehard set of fans. And and you know, we interview us people all over the world. And you're thinking, you know, people from I don't know India and people from Hong Kong and you know West Coast of America and East Coast. And you're thinking, why West Ham? You know, it's like you had you had you know all these teams and you picked yeah, West yeah. Ham. Do you know what I mean? And it's and um now we're a funny bunch of and that's why I have no doubt when your little one is of age, um they will be contaminated as well with the claret and blue virus. There's no vaccine for that one. Um and uh so is my daughter. My daughter's the same. So yeah, yeah. she's from, from an early age. I think within three days she I had a picture of her in the playoff trophy. <laughs> yeah. Young, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I heard. Well, her due date was the playoff final, um, the Blackpool final. Right. And, okay. Uh, and I had a really good ticket, so yeah. So I went, obviously, yeah, and um, yeah. put my phone on loud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but she's yeah, but uh, yeah, and and that's the thing. The thing about like you know you know, moving to London Stadium and stuff, you know, I mean, for your little one, for my daughter, um, although I did take her to, to Upton Park just so she'd been there, you know, yeah. all she knows about is West Ham played at London Stadium and same as your little one will know West Ham played at London Stadium. So they'll know of the, of, you know, Upton Park, but they won't know about 
yeah never experienced it and so you know that's and you know then they'll you know could you imagine when you was when you went in 1919 there was i know 25 28 000, maybe 30 000 max people there and that was like god you never seen so many people there yeah. when your little one goes there'll be it could be eighty thousand by the time your one goes yeah you never know yeah <laughs> Now, you know, it'd be how shit's <laughs> Yeah, God, the, the stop go signs will be, will be, there'll be multiple stop go signs going around. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully by then we'll have enough. We'll be able to all go back in together by then. So you yeah, imagine fingers so. crossed. Yeah, fingers no, it's, crossed. yeah, and it's, it's it's character building being a West Ham fan. I think for me, from a child, my my daughter always says that. She says, uh, yeah, until this season, she'll say, "Daddy, you know, like, well, I'll come home and she knows that we've lost because I've, you know." nicked the taking the sky remote off my wife and you know unseries linked match of the day um <laughs> she'll say did they lose daddy yeah <laughs> west ham aren't very good are they and i was like well we're not but you can't get everything in life my darling no. you can't get it. but then when you do get something you want you cherish it you look after it and that's just been like a west ham fan in my opinion um but yeah no it's good fun <laughs> We love it, we do. As you said, it kept us entertained, and you know, through thick and thin, uh, mainly thin rather than thick. But don't matter, does it? It's, it's about, and it's basically togetherness. It's about your family, your old man, his old man. It's about you know your little one, your take. When you when you when we could go to all go to the games, you had all the guys you were around with, and you know you go to the pub with, and that's what it's about in it. I think that's what people miss. It's not necessarily the football. It's it's the community spirit that West Ham is sort of synonymous for, isn't it? So. Um, we'll get there we'll get there eventually anyway, anyway let's, let's, let's stop dwelling let's stop dwelling let's talk about nostalgia that's what we're here for nostalgia um right so as i said we if when we get on the channel we do a hammers 11 so um they pick an 11 from the um from the 11 that they've uh, from the players they've been alive to see um so they can pick whoever they want whatever criteria it can be favorite players worst players best players players begin with a whatever um but you have to be alive to have seen them play and obviously you know yourself and me we never saw brookin we never saw hurst and, and morrow and, yeah. and people like that so you know we couldn't put them in our team you'd probably put them in the greatest west ham 11 um but we never saw them so that's why we do that they put a little um a little sort of criteria in so yeah. that's what we'll do with you mark so um we'll start off in goal so who didn't been goal for the supersonic 11 <laughs> okay, so I've, I've uh, I think probably like a lot of people, I've sort of thought about this quite a lot. I've debated yeah. different players for, for every position. I think I've created three or four different teams, screwed them up. No, I'm not happy with that. So uh, I've, I've finally managed to settle on um, uh, went literally down to three choices: um, Ludo, yeah. uh, Rob Green, and Shaka Hislop. Yeah. Uh, and the theme, which I didn't realise until after I settled on the 11 that i've actually got nine of my players are actually former hammer of the years nice. uh, one of whom's a runner uh, and there was one one of the players was a runner-up so uh i've ended up going with ludo yeah. uh, as my as my goalkeeper um i think his, his shot stopping was 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 fantastic uh was obviously a ma massive massive presence for us um, and you could always rely on him for consistency very rarely did he ever have a bad game from from, from memory um, and although I do remember having said that, uh, the last game of the 1990-91 season when we played uh, Notts County, uh, Ludo obviously got the Hammer of the Year trophy at the end of the game, uh, sorry, before the game, um, and I think it was it might have been Mark Draper, I think, was playing for Notts County, and he's had a shot from 20, 
25 yards out and somehow Ludo has, has somehow fumbled the ball into the back of the net and you're just thinking, hang on a minute, we've just given him a ball for being... <laughs> Take it back. Again, in my five-year-old mind, not really understanding um, <laughs> and yeah. sort of thinking, oh dear, what have we, um, what, what, what's gone on here? But um, obviously the Man United game for him in, in, uh, in 95 is probably the game yeah. uh, that stands out, I think, for most people in... In, in their memories when they talk about Ludo, um, I, I think he was he was probably the probably the best goalie that I've I've seen uh, for West Ham. I think. Mm, yeah, and you're right. And, he, and he, again, he's he, he, he until recently he epitomised West Ham because West Ham would always do that when they they'd turn up. You know, they turn up three or four times a season against a big team, and then we'd lose to like yeah, we'd lose to Burnley or something or Notts County or whatever. Like that. Um, and that was that was Ludo. You, you know, he'd have an absolute world here against Man United, and then he'd let one slip through his legs from not you know Notts County, and and that just he just epitomised West Ham and. Yeah, he was just a great, a great keeper. He did. I think he played over like we did an appreciation night about for him a couple of weeks ago, and I think one of the stats Martin said was I think it's three hundred and fifty odd appearances, one hundred and fifty odd clean sheets, which was mental, you know. For um, but I always still see him as as Loopy Ludo because my grand used to call him Loopy Ludo, and so from then on, I've always referred to him as Loopy Ludo, and I don't think that's fair at all. But uh, yeah, no, he's a, a top top guy, and I mean keepers we. Keepers is one of the areas which I think, you know, when people are doing their 11s, it's, it's always there's there's a selection, you know, there's, and there's one they can pick from, like a group rather than necessarily, oh, well, well um, yeah, we haven't got a lot good right back. So, you know, something like that, you know, goalkeeper yeah. is an area which is always easier for, to, for people to pick. But we'll put uh, put Ludo in goal. Um, go on, you go through the team as you've got them written down, Mark, or whatever. Is that up to you? Leave it to you in terms of who we're going to talk about next. Okay, so I've got a um a sort of a free, I guess you'd probably say a free four uh free formation. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going all out attack here. We're not we're not really worrying too much yep. about uh, defending. Um, so the free free at the back, uh, I've gone for Rio, um, yeah, Winston Reed, yeah, and uh, and Julian Dix. Um, I've got to start with Julian. I think you know, obviously won the Hammer of the Year four times, mm. uh, but I think obviously. His his attitude each time he went out there on the pitch, he obviously gave it absolutely everything every single game, uh, and I think definitely as a youngster that sort of that sticks to the back of your mind. Yeah. Someone giving it everything, especially as well when you've got, you know, the fans, you know, really cheering him on as well. And I think that, as I say, that sticks in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as well, technically, he was a he was a much better player. I think than what people gave him. Oh yeah, I think everyone outside of West Ham didn't realise that. Everyone in, at West Ham realised that, didn't they? We, we know that. We saw him week in, week out, that yeah. wand of a left foot. But uh, someone mentioned it and I went back and looked at it. I think it was, it was a Man United game. And you know how Julian used to do that thing where he was running with a player behind him and the ball was going to the byline and he'd always just like tow it over their head. Um, yeah. And, yeah. He, and he did it with Cantona. And then Cantona stopped and just... Well, <laughs> and like, well that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's was... accreditation. That's what you need. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I know he was. Uh, he was a bit naughty at times, Julian, wasn't yeah. he? With some of his, uh, some of his tackles. But I think yeah. I don't think he was always uh, any intent with a lot of them. I think that it was just because he was that determined to try and win the ball back. Mm. Um, obviously, could score from open play. Absolute thunderbolts. Uh, I think he was better in the air as well, actually. Than I didn't maybe appreciate that until a little yeah. bit older. Until I was a little bit older. Um, and obviously, his spot kick uh, record was was outstanding. Yeah. Um, I just liked how he was basically, even if the goalkeeper got a hand to it, it was unlikely that he would um, that he was going to save it. 
um, just because of the sheer power. I think one of the um, it gets played quite a lot actually. Um, there's a there's a, an account I think uh, can't remember what it is, but they seem to have like on this day West Ham played so and so, and this was the yeah. score. Um, and it's come up recently. Uh, I think it was maybe maybe even been the same game that you were just referring to there about the uh, over Cantona's head. Yeah. Uh, West Ham two 0 down. Um, and Dick's got a penalty, um, and obviously he's absolutely blasted it against Peter Schmeichel, who's just so slow because of the you know the strength of the shot. Yeah. And he's just thinking, wow, even if you had got it, you could have been knocked <laughs> out. You know, it was that so much power behind it, and just just love Julian's genuine uh, genuine attitude and passion. And I think he he, he genuinely loved West Ham, and I think. Yeah. Uh, that's obviously come across in some of the podcasts and evening webs that he's done as well. How much he loved yeah. the club. Yeah, definitely. Well, definitely. I mean, you know, he's, he's, you know, certain times where a player and a club just work and for Julian just worked, didn't he? He went and came back, you know, and, and there's, and I just think with him, I just think, I mean, with his penalties and his him before that was Tonka and stuff. And, 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 you know, that was like a bygone age where people used to just like, in whack it do you know what i mean yeah no one does that anymore now and i think there's you know it'd be great if someone just literally just tonks it into the top court you know like really just not in like a penalty shootout because like you do get like fullbacks and, and center backs you just like tonk it but like a regular penalty taker rather than doing all these stupid like tippy tappy runs and and penenkas and stuff like that just yeah. actually just tonks it into the and you, you there was no doubt that julian would when he when the ball was down that he was going to score you know, you just knew. It'd be like Noble. I mean, Noble hits it, but he sort of side-foots it, really, doesn't he? But you know he's going to score. And, um, yeah, fantastic player. And hopefully he'll get himself a job again soon, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully. So, yeah, obviously, it's a bit... I, I personally am not going too much into it. I did find it a bit of a strange decision that they've uh, they've let him go. Is there only a couple of points off of the uh, getting out of the bottom three? So, yeah, I, I think that, I think that was all in the works before the Man City game. Yeah, I, I think... Clearly. You know, is and, and and the fact that they got a point made it look stupid. You know, but I thought they thought, you know, Man City away, we're going to lose this one. Yeah, yeah, we got we got Sam lined up, and uh, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. But you know, I said the other day, there's a job going at West Ham ladies at the moment, West Ham women, and he coached them for a while. Yeah, he did, and uh, you know, maybe you'll obviously I know he's, he's just had a uh, he's, had he's a, a kid as well, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe he might not, but I think you know they should definitely put the feelers out to him. I think it'd be great to have him in. Yeah, Norway. wouldn't it? It'd be great. It'd be brilliant. But uh, right, okay, so that's just Julian. Um, Rio. Let's talk about Rio then. Rio. So uh, I remember um, I was at his debut game. I think it was against Sheffield Wednesday at the end yep. of the maybe 95, 96 season. And I've been reading non-stop throughout the season. We've got this brilliant young kid coming through. Yeah. Um, and obviously heard that he was named on the team sheet. Oh, brilliant! This is great. Finally, going to get to see him play. Um, and of course, he's, he's you know classy, classy centre half. Plays it out the back, runs out. You know, and I think his first touch, he kicked it into Rose Ed. And I remember thinking, hang on a minute, is, is this the same player? Uh, I'll, I'll forgive him for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was. I know his his better years probably came uh, after he after he left yeah. West Ham. But I think you know you could see. At that even for someone of my age at that time, you could see what a classy player he was going to be. Um, he was strong, um, good on the ball, quick, um, and he. I think he he just wanted to play. He didn't, you know, he it didn't matter what the situation was. He just wanted to get the ball down. Mm -hmm. And as someone um, who, as a 
child uh, about centre half. Um, he was, I guess, in a way, he was probably someone that I that I did like look up to a little bit in a yeah, way. Yeah, Tried to play in a similar way. Um, so yeah, I, I think for me, he was an, a, a fantastic player. Um, certainly develops in, into that, um, and obviously come coming through the academy as well. Being at that that age of, of, of what I was when he was coming through, you always. Yeah. Think, you know, if he can do it, you know, maybe still in that that illusion. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> thinking about it now, Mark. I've, I've, you know, you know, when I turn when I go over there every game, I bring my boots just in case, you know, in case there's a bit of a COVID outbreak, and uh, you know, I can offer something different in the final third. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I know you need to be made about really. Yeah, he was just, he was just one of like he was just a breath of fresh air to West Ham, wasn't he? Really, in terms of being, you know, that sort of cultured, almost like European type defender um and, and and arguably he was more like that i think when he was at west ham than when he was that at man united in my opinion i think they made him more of a defender at man united but he was a better you know cultured defender i think we, i think he was yeah. fantastic he had a great career but you know it's those sliding doors moments isn't it it's like uh it's like there's other players who are the same way i think when they they played their most free when they were at west ham because they could because there was maybe less pressure to do that um whereas when they went to man united definitely not so much leeds because leeds he was still trying but definitely man united fergie definitely made him to more of a defender rather than a ball player which is a shame but he's still a, he's still a fantastic player, and obviously his brother as well yeah top bloke um right okay what about winnie what about a winnie reed um obviously we first of all we made the cardinal sin in, in my eyes of signing him off the back of a uh of a good world cup that he had for new zealand um yeah. uh, and obviously in his first year he didn't play that often and when he did you weren't that convinced about him and i, I generally thought he was actually gonna uh get sold actually um you know, after we got relegated in his, his first yeah. season, but I think Big Sam coming in obviously saw something in him, and he he really uh, thrived under him. Really, he did, yeah. you know, what I like about Winston is is that he's very much a bit of an, an old school style defender. Mm. Um, he's not afraid to you know put his head in the way or get some part of his body in the way, or he, and he chucks himself in in front of it. Um, and and that for me that reminds me of 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 what I like to see personally. In a in a in a centre yeah. half, um, obviously the, the ball playing is fantastic. If you can do both, then then you, you know you're laughing. Get a ticket, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just like that about him, and and I think he's he's obviously he'll always be remembered uh, for scoring the goal against Millwall. Uh, you know, the one of that particular game, um, and obviously the last ever goal at Upton Park. Um, he'll forever go down in folklore for that. But I think he's all round contribution. I think the fact that we're we have missed him. I think with his injuries, yeah. he obviously hasn't played for well, it must be two years at some point next year. Mm -hmm. I think it is, isn't it? Um, and I think we have missed him. Um, we've struggled without him, I think, at times. Um, but, you know, having said that, he's, he's obviously been fit now for quite some time and I've, mm -hmm. I'm convinced that he's going to come back, unfortunately. But um, I think he was he, when he was at his peak, you know, he was obviously wanted by a couple of the big clubs, apparently, yeah. you know, after we were looking at him. I think that gives you an indication of his, of his ability that you've got a team constantly in the Champions League looking at you. Um, and as I say, I think he was a really good sort of old school style defender. Scored some vital goals as well, not just the goals that I've mentioned, but he, you know, he's a good threat as well in, in the opposition box. But obviously mm -hmm. more importantly from 
from a, a defensive point of view. He was he was that presence, uh, and I think really a rude leader, um, probably for best part of three, maybe four years, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe a little bit longer. But anyway, uh, uh, in of, of our defence, and when he didn't play, when he you know when he was originally fit, I think we noticed it more how important he was at centre half for us. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. No, I, I totally agree with everything you said there, Mark. Um, I think he's uh, he's one of those players who, as you said, I think we've had a few of them who just get just the issue with with um, with injuries just buggers them up. I mean, the, the chances are, if he was fit, he probably would still wouldn't be a West Ham player. Yeah, be, you know. So he's one of those. He's been there for nine years. He's great. I mean, yeah, we yeah, te- it's technically his testimonial year next year, I think. Um, and yeah, it's great, but. If he wasn't injured for this and played for us the last two years, then um, he could well have been at Liverpool or in Arsenal. He was he was that good. He, I mean, no, that, that, when he was in the Championship, definitely he was that good. Um, and it made him into West Ham player. That's sort all of champion going down and, and and recovering from that. So um, no top guy, right? Okay, so uh, and obviously he's, they're not renewing his his loan deal. Well, they're, no, they're, they're not. I think they that's want, ended, hasn't it? I think yeah, it's ended. Been, so I think he'll be back soon back so yeah it'll be interesting what uh what happens what happens exactly <laughs> that idea but yeah okay right so that's your three right so we've got like a four in midfield now so who's who's the first of that four in midfield then mark okay so we'll, we'll, we'll go right to left sure. um so we'll go uh trevor sinclair yep uh, the as the right wing right wing back um obviously played that role a number of times yep. uh, uh, for, for the club um you know, he, he he had everything really in a way that you want in a winger. He was he was direct. He wasn't afraid to try and have a go at the defender. And even if you, the defender what beat him the first time for the ball, he'd come back and he'd have another go. He you know yeah. he wasn't afraid. Uh, obviously scored some vital goals. Um, and obviously the famous Decanio assist uh, against Wimbledon. Um, but I, I just generally like, even though he was obviously he was from Blackpool, uh, sort of, you know where he was born and and, and everything. Yeah. He actually felt like that he was actually, you know, he'd come for our academy. I think because yeah, of how yeah. the club, um, he obviously, I think you could argue that he had the best years of his career. Yeah. Uh, West Ham, I think, obviously got himself into the England set up and the, uh, the World Cup squad. Um, and he, I think he was a hard working player, but he did have the tricks as well that could go with it. Um so he wasn't just a luxury player in, in a way, if, that, if that's probably fair to say for him, because he, he did put in, always put in a shift. And he was obviously part of that attacking team under Harry that, that every time you went and watched, you always felt with him and, and, and Paolo, uh, obviously Joe Cole as well, Lampard, etc. Um, that no matter, even if we let a go in, you always felt that we were going to get back into the game, that they were going to, they were going to do something and you'd be, you know, you'd be talk, walking down the road with your your friends or your you know your parents or whatever, and you'd be going, "Oh, did you see what he did today?" And you know, you'd yeah. be talking about him even for days afterwards. You know, at that point, it was it was so good. Um, and he, I, I always really really enjoyed watching him play. I thought he was a, I thought he was a terrific player for us. Totally agree, totally agree. And I know exactly what you mean about being like sort of one of us type thing. He still very much is one of us. Um, the way he interacts with people on Twitter. Uh, obviously, we've had him on the show. We've had him on a couple of shows, actually. Fair yeah, play to yeah. you know. We've had him on three shows, I think. Um, we did a, like an appreciation night about him, and you know, I mean, just the man himself. So literally, we, I just text him as a look. I'm doing. We're doing a night about you. 
Um, we did one about Johnny Arts in the week before, and I was like, hey, look, Johnny sent me a little video. Can you just send me a little video, Trevor? I know you're really busy. As you said, he's, he's he looks like his kids like under 16, Blackpool, something like that as well. So he's, he's yeah. carts him about a lot, you know, dad taxi. Mm-hmm. He went, I'll, I'll come in. I'll drop in. I'll drop into the show. It'd be funny. And I said, yeah, actually be really, and yeah, he didn't have to do that. And, you know, then he said, then during the show, he was like, oh, do you know, I've got these, I want to give away a shirt. Rush, do you want to sort out a raffle? And we'll do that. On, like, And I was like, yeah, and, like literally like, you know, he's, he's a top, top bloke. Honestly, he's such a lovely guy. Got loads of time for everybody. And particularly West Ham fans, you know that by how he interacts with people on Twitter and stuff. Um, but yeah, he's a top guy, top, top guy, big, big fan of Trevor Sinclair. Right. Who's next, man? Uh, so we've gone gone for a current player, um, okay. current hammer of the year, uh, Declan Rice. Yes. Um, I think he's he, he looks a brilliant, brilliant player for me. You know, he's played already over, over 100 games um, in the third, which for someone who's 21 is remarkable, really. Um, I think he's got it all. Uh, and he, yeah. he's getting a good pass with the ball. I think his passing's got better, but he's a, he's a good pass with the ball anyway. But I think his range of passing's got mm-hmm. better. I think having uh, Salchek or Suchek uh, in alongside him in midfield has actually added an extra di- a bit more of a box to box element to his game. Yes. Um, but he's still obviously primarily a sort of a holding midfield player. Um, I saw something the other day that said he was he's had 28 interceptions uh, in the league this year and only uh, Kante at Chelsea uh, is ahead of him. That's, you know, that's, that's not bad to be losing out to him. No. Um, <laughs> you'd be quite happy with that, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, his love for the club, um, you know, I know he, he obviously come to our academy a little bit later than, than maybe some of the others that we've yeah. you know over the years. But um, I think, he, you know, he, he loves West Ham. Um He's generally, as I say, I think he's got everything in his game that, that you would want for mm. you know, a modern midfield player. Um, I don't think he's actually appreciated that much outside of West Ham. No. Yeah. Uh, I think that's because of for when he plays for England, I think he's a little bit more stifled in how they are set up. But that's yeah. obviously another uh, conversation for another day, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for us, you know, he's... Probably that he's obviously the best academy player that's come through uh, for, for quite some time, and I think mm. it's great that we still have that connection. There's a lot of clubs that don't don't have that, and I think that's True. still important that we, that we see players coming through. Mm. Um, he's obviously the current uh, you know flag bearer, so to speak. Mm. Uh, I think mentioned before his age, he's 21, and, he, and he's already the he's the captain this season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and how many not just in West Ham's history, but how many you know across across the league I want I'd love to know how many players of that age have, have been that so I think that's a testament to him how he is as a person and I think yeah. that then that the other players within the squad obviously look up to him um and totally respect him as well as a, not just as a footballer but I think as a person as well mm. yeah I mean there was there was no shadow of a doubt was there when like the beginning of the season yeah Dex's going to be probably captain like you know he's 21 you know they've got like you've got uh, the captain of former captain of corinthians at center back you've got a, a polish captain he, i'm pretty sure he, he captain poland and fabianski you've got all these great players and no Declan rice is gonna be it. and i and i totally agree with suchek he, he he's his games taking a step forward he's, he's definitely you know it's a step up from last season uh well the season before last rather um and i think yeah no disrespect to mark but i think you know he wasn't you didn't have to carry mark 
to be honest, yeah, Mark's getting a bit old, and so Suchek is a, is a, is someone he can who can match him for effort, and and it, it does let them both, but it lets them both do that sort of yeah. box to box type thing. There's yeah. no greater sight in the moment I've seen than Deck winning the like he did it quite often at the Palace game would like take it off like Zaha's feet. So, yeah, yeah. That's, Performance in Zaza. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't worry, I did that myself yeah. the other day. I yeah. know how you feel. <laughs> Zaza, Zaza, Zaha, Zaha. Yeah, wins. Yeah, the, the, the Eze taking the taking the ball of Eze and uh, and just running full, just running like you know, running to the box. You know, run taking the ball forward. Um, and I just think there's that that area of his game is is. And I watched some, some of his pings on, on Wednesday. Oh, I'll tell you what, the way he pings crossfield passing, beautiful, you know, and it's like, and he sees the ball and he's, he's a very clever player. And I just, yeah, you're right. He doesn't get credit for that outside of, of West Ham as much because, as you said, maybe when he plays for England, he plays a sort of CDM role and that's what you do. So pretty much most CDMs will just be passing it across or back they don't yeah. usually start an attack from a cdm role where he is this more sort of this is more of a box-to-box type role at west Ham at the moment and uh yeah i mean you know obviously the game on wednesday wasn't great but you know Suchek and, and rice pretty much ran the midfield it's just they couldn't get through the midfield that's the trouble that's why we couldn't yeah. do anything they couldn't yeah. connect to yeah. anyone else but the midfield battle was like one as soon as they, they kicked off really um but yeah dex a top bloke and he's just a lovely bloke as well doesn't he, he seems to be a lovely guy on on on, on twitter and i love his in his yeah. like post-match interviews because they they're so genuine and heartfelt and he hasn't been hasn't been media trained out of that all enthusiasm yet it just it's natural and so uh yeah, it's one of those horrible things because you know he's going to go eventually. You know he's going to go eventually. Yeah, it's like when you have a, a relationship and you know it's going to come to an end, and you sort of wait for the next Christmas. Then you say, "Well, we can't be," you know, it's Easter. Then you got the summer holidays, so it's going to be like that. Every transfer window for the next, hopefully, three or four seasons will be like that. You know, go, oh god, you know, wait. Okay, it's brilliant. Okay, well, we'll, we'll make a decision the next if we break up the next summer. But yeah, so uh, no, it's and it's and obviously you know everyone will, will wish him well when he goes. He's not like one of these players who will leave and everyone will turn on him. It will be fair play off he goes as long as we get a good good number for him. That's all. Um, I think that's all we're worried about. I think he, that's what he's worried about as well. To be honest, right? Okay, so uh, Sinclair, we've got Deck. Who's next, man? Uh, I've got um, might be a bit of a controversial pick. Um, I think just because of where he left, uh, sorry, who he went to after he left us, um, and that's Scott Parker. Yep. Um, I think you know he was for, uh, for for I think he won Hammer of the Year three years in a row. I think that's correct. Yeah. Same. And he was he played four or five seasons at the club. Um, yep. Obviously, fantastic player. Um, again, a, a, a top bloke as well. I think you know, and how he conducted himself on and off the pitch. Um, and obviously, then two seasons or three seasons, really, where, well, sorry, two seasons in a row in particular, um, where we nearly got relegated under Zola, yeah. and then the season that we did eventually get relegated under Avram Grant. Um, but you wouldn't have known that from how Scott Parker was playing. He played yeah. exactly the same way every single week. He totally. gave, like we saying before about Julian Dix, he gave it 100%. He left, didn't leave anything out there on the pitch. Sorry, left everything out there on the pitch. Um, I think he was a better footballer than what maybe people gave him credit for in terms of his passing ability. Um, great tackler. Um, and I think he probably, I think he was definitely appreciated at West Ham. I think it took maybe outside 
of the club a little longer, maybe to appreciate what he was actually capable of. I think obviously he didn't play when he went to, when he was at Chelsea, and I think maybe mm. Newcastle. I think they can be very quick to jump on the players' backs there. Uh, but obviously for him to win to get the recognition outside of the club as well with the PFA um, Player of the Year award, I think tells you what a great player he was. Of course. Um, and obviously defensively he was he was pretty solid, but obviously he, he could. I think he was better going forward as well than, than maybe what he realised as well himself. I think he, he developed a bit of a niche role in front of our back four, but he did score some spectacular goals and, and, and some good individual solo goals as well. And um, I think he probably doesn't get the respect that he now deserves. As I say, he obviously went to Tottenham, um, which I understand he, he wanted to play for England. Um, yeah. You know, he's not going to stay with us in the Championship. That was his one, that was his time. Um, I think it's a bit harsh for people to, to disregard him based on that because I think you have to remember what he did for us um, when he played and he, he gave absolutely everything. I don't think you can ever, you can't question his commitment at all. No, definitely. And that's, and I, I'm, I'm with you, Mark, to be honest, in terms of that. I'm, I'm very much um, uh, pro Parker, always been very pro Parker. And it, it frustrates me when, when people have a sort of a negative um, view on him because. You know, as as a West Ham fan, all you ask is someone to put 100% in with their shirt. And they put the shirt in, they play, they leave it all on the pitch, right? And so, you know, we criticise, you know, Haller or, or Anderson or these players because they're not putting it on the pitch. Parker, for, what is it, for four or five years or whatever, consistent 90 minutes, he would run his socks off for West Ham. Absolutely, yeah. I'd see him sometimes come out of the players' car park, and he'd be crawling, literally be limping because he'd worked so hard. Mm-hmm. And you know, he was he. I mean, to be fair, although we went down that third year for two years, those first two, it was it was it wasn't a great West Ham team, and he was carrying him on his back. And because he wanted to go and further his career, and it was Tottenham, but he went to play for England. His dad was a Tottenham fan, and on his deathbed yeah. or whatever, he asked to, you know, he, he promised, it, you know, stuff like that. You know, you know, it's like, and then like we talk about Declan Rice, we were literally walking him out the door. Over, you know, some fans were, so off you go, Declan. Good luck to you, son. Good luck to you. You're going to Frank. You're going to go to Fat Frank as well. You know, that's okay. That's okay. You know, it's like it just really frustrates me because he's not revered as he should be. Um, but some people have, you know, you said me. You know, a lot of people do, but I think there's people who go, oh, we went Tottenham. So what? Michael Carrick went Tottenham, but people like you know, Martin Peters went to Tottenham. You know. Bobby exactly. Moore, Bobby Moore was going to put in the transfer request to go to Arsenal or Tottenham, you know. Yeah. So, and we've got a stand named after him. So, do you know what I mean? So, it's like, it's, it's, uh, you can't, if, if you know, you have to tarnish everyone with the same brush. You know, if you don't like anyone who goes to Tottenham, okay, well, don't like Martin Peters, and we don't like blah, 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 Jimmy Green, you know, all these players who played for Tottenham and West Ham. But, um, yeah, Billy Bonds, Millwall, you know what I mean? He's like, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's funny. Well, definitely with, with, with Bonzo going, going there after he, obviously, what happened with us. Yeah, it gets forgotten about. Definitely. It does. It does. And so, yeah. But Scott Parker, he was, you know, if you want, never want, if you ever wanted a man to put a shirt on, and 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 die for your club, he would die for whatever club he plays on. And you know, I hope he does well at Fulham. I'd love to see him on the touchline at West Ham one day. I yeah. think he'd be really good. I really yeah. do. He just he, he conducts himself really well. He has this sort of like old school, new school mentality with football. He looks old school, but he's. You know, but you know what I mean. He just looks. Like, he looks yeah. like someone. Someone mentioned the other day when it, when Fulham came to West Ham the, the other week, and he looked good. He looked dapper. Someone 
messaged me. Went, look, it looks like Gareth Southgate in the hot in a hot wash, and it, <laughs> you know that's so true. He looks like a mini Gareth Southgate. Why not? Why not? Next England manager Scott Park. I'm getting out there right. Anyway, um, okay, Scotty P. Who's going to be on the on the left then, mate? Um, we're going with uh, Matty Everington. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. For me, he was uh, probably the last sort of like old school star yeah. winger. Um, and by that, I sort of mean, you know, now we obviously have these inverted wingers or we have, you know, uh, like sort of like what Anderson was a little bit and obviously like Fournals, who's yeah. sort of a number 10 type player. But for me, I'd, whilst I don't mind players playing off of their wrong foot, cutting inside, I think it's a little bit predictable. Yeah. Um, whereas I, I like to see my wingers attack the fullback, get on the outside, attack that byline and then whip the ball across. And um, Everington obviously did that. Uh, more often than not, um, that side that he was in, you know, crossing the ball in for Harewood and Zamora and, and, and Dean Ashton, etc. He obviously had the perfect strikers to, to be able to do what he wanted to do. Um, and I must confess, when we first signed him, I wasn't that convinced. I was like, well, I'm not sure about him. But he won me over, um, yeah. and I'm a massive, massive Matty Everton fan. I, you know, took took me a couple of months or so. Sure. Um, but Obviously, hammer, hammer of the year as well, um, and he had. A, I thought we had a very good career for us in the end. It surprised me that he never actually got considered for England. Mm, uh, I thought yeah. at one point that he he was he should definitely have at least been in the mix. Obviously, we all know, you know, with England, you know, always struggle to fill that left hand side midfield yeah. position. It's like, hang on, we we've got someone. Uh, you know, why why don't you why don't you pick him? Um, but he was quick. Um, and that relationship that he had in the um, 05, 06 season with Paul Koncheski, um mm. that was brilliant. They were, yeah. them two were dynamite together. Um, obviously, Matty obviously went off to Stoke soon after. It was good to see, listening to um, some other podcasts, talking about him and, and how important he was to how they played. And yeah. I thought, well, you know, that's exactly how he was for us as well. He was, he yeah. was a key, key clog in our in our team obviously they got promoted and obviously that run to the to the cup final as well definitely definitely yeah and i totally agree yeah he was the the last of that sort of the old school winger playing you know the right foot for their right you know right side for their right foot type thing yeah. um yeah i thought he's brilliant i was a, a massive fan of his um we had him on the on the he came and did a charity thing for us um back in september and he was an absolutely top bloke honestly such a lovely guy and just has uh, he just had so much time for for west ham fans and um loved his time they obviously left for the right reasons you know because you know things weren't looking good for him um on the on the gambling side but uh yeah top bloke absolutely top guy and um and he's doing i think he's doing all his badges and stuff now they're they're all doing their badges they're not there they can't particularly now they can't do nothing else at the moment as we do do these take up a new skill in it do their do their professional badges so fair play but we love matty right okay let's go to your front three then who's your first front three then mark Okay, um, so I've gone uh, Paolo, mentioned him obviously before. Um, sure. Obviously, we were uh, lucky to sign him, I think it's probably fair to say, obviously with the uh, pushing over of uh, Paul Alcock uh, when he was sure. at today. Um, and obviously, he was one of Harry's, you know, bargain, bargain yeah. basement signings, really, you know, a couple of million or something like that. Um, he was and probably still is the, the best player that I've seen at West Ham. Um, maybe a toss-up with with the next player that I'm going to uh, that I'll mention in a minute, um, but 
Paolo just had everything, you know, yeah. technically he was, he was brilliant. Um, always picked out a pass. Um, had a tantrum, I think, in him, that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, you know, which I think a lot of the top players do have in them a bit, you know, a bit ego, uh, egoistic, yeah, very egoistic. Yeah. Um, have you said a word? <laughs> um, but, you know, he, for me, epitomised Harry Redknapp's teams. You know, attack, attack, attack. Mm-hmm. But Paolo, obviously, as we've heard all the stories, clearly very professional off the pitch, uh, coming in on, on his days off to do extra training, clearly as fit as a fiddle. And I think that rubbed off on, you know, the likes of Rio and, and Frank Lampard and, and the rest of it. Um, you know, I remember the goal that he scored against Arsenal, you know, flicked yeah. it up over Keown's head. Um, and obviously, you know, that was the side of his genius. Uh, obviously, the Wimbledon goal as well that we touched on. I honestly don't think there's been a better goal probably scored at Upton Park. That might be a, certainly in my lifetime, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone comes in with that? Um, yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think as well, he's got to be remembered definitely as one of the greatest goals uh, in the Premier League era. Yeah. Uh, if it's not, I'll be very, very surprised if oh, no, totally. not in their like, sort of top five at the, at the very least. Um, and but obviously, the other side to him, obviously, he could, you know, lose completely lose the plot. Obviously, the famous game against Bradford. Uh, you know, although you look, you look back on the highlights and you are sort of left scratching your head now, well, why did we not get penalties in that game? But obviously, you know, Harry ignored him, kept him on, and he completely turned turned the game round for us. And he, he was he was that good. That, I know it's maybe a bit of a cliche, but he was that good that he could win games on his own. Yeah, he really yeah. was. Um, he was that good. Um, absolutely loved watching him play. And a bit like what I was saying before about uh, Trevor Sinclair that. Paolo was one of them players that, even if we'd lost, he would have done something in the game that you'll be talking about mm-hmm. from weeks on end. Do you remember, you know, he's done this outrageous bit of skill or or something? And that also, well, for me, was part of the enjoyment of, sometimes it wasn't, obviously you wanted West Ham to win, clearly, but, yeah. um, you know, oh, well, we haven't won today, but I've seen this amazing performance from Paolo. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. That, that made it um, made it all worthwhile, really. Yeah, it always sends you home happy, wouldn't he, with something? Yeah. Um, and that's it. He's like, he had these sort of like, yeah, he had these different facets, different faces of Paolo. And you, you came into a game on a Saturday, you didn't know which one was going to come, whether it was going to be the mercurial excellent player, the the tantrum kid, a mixture of both. It'd be good, it'd be a good game if you had a mixture of both. But he just entertained you, didn't he? He was just a born entertainer. And, and, and as a footballer, as a football fan, yes, you want your team to win. But actually, you pay to be entertained. I mean, especially for West Ham, we don't win hardly, you know, for nothing, really. So we just want to be entertained, as you said. And he always did that. And every time he came on the pitch, you didn't know what you're going to get. And that's what we're excited about, that whole era, that whole Redknapp era with, with Sinclair, with him, with Bish, with Monks, with with I don't know, Ian Wright, with Neil Ruddock. You know, the, you know, we had these crazy, crazy big personalities. And um, it was just a really exciting time to be a West Ham fan. It was a, my, my most enjoyable time to be a West Ham fan, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, just because, as you said, there was always something going on. Um, and, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And Paolo was, was, was the catalyst. He was the spearhead of that that crazy time. Um, right, okay, so we've got Paolo in. Um, who's next, then, Mark? 
probably another uh, controversial pick, I think, more because of how he engineered his move away from the club. Um, and that's Dimitri Payet. Yeah. Um, obviously, no doubt in his ability as a footballer. Um, free kicks, uh, second to none, always, always seem to hit the back of the net or the very, you know, um, brilliant goals. Obviously, we can remember against uh, Crystal Palace, how, how that still went in uh, in that mm. tight space. Uh, I'm still trying to work that one out. <laughs> uh, and obviously, the the uh, 30 yarder against Man United in the FA Cup were obviously two standout free kicks that he scored. Um, he just had everything, you know, all the skill, all the ability in the world. Uh, and a bit like Paolo in a way, he he was the catalyst for that for that particular team that he was in that last season at Upton Park. Um, obviously, it's a shame how it ended uh, with him, you know, trying to engineer a move back, back to France, um, despite all the, you know, the different contract extensions he got. But if you're looking at it purely and simply as a footballer, um, it, for me, he's probably, it's a toss-up between him and Paolo, who are the best two players that I've seen play yeah. for West Ham, because I think technically, as I say, he, he had everything. Um, you know, the goal, one of the goals I can remember uh, in his yeah, second season uh, against Middlesbrough. Yeah. Um, I must admit, I'll, I'll be honest, sat in, sat in the corner where I, where I sit in the East, in the Billy Bond stand now, and I'm thinking, shoot, as he was dribbling across yeah. the park. To be honest, I actually thought the chance had gone. Uh, because he, I thought at one point he was actually going to come and join me in the stand. He'd, he'd come that far across the box, um, and you know, but he just showed everything about him. Great dribbler, uh, obviously technique there, seconds to none, but also as well his body strength, but also as well his composure. Yeah. Uh, that he he knew exactly what he was doing, even if everyone else in the ground were doing what I was doing and going shoot shoot, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but Obviously, I say shame how it ended up um, because I genuinely felt he was at that season. Uh, he was probably the best player for me in the Premier League at, yeah. at that time. I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't think that's too high a praise for him. No, no, I totally agree. Um, I do think we probably shot ourselves in the foot a little bit with the recruitment the following season. Mm -hmm. uh, you, know, you think he's played, you know, he's with France, played with Pogba, Griezmann. Uh, and all the rest of it, and you know, we're signing, you know, Gok Torre and and uh, one of them, Zaza and and one or two others. I mean, it doesn't fill you certainly didn't fill me with much confidence as a supporter, and I'm sure it probably yeah. didn't fill you much uh, confidence either as a player. Yeah, but I think he, I, I totally agree with what you said. I think he's for me, he's the best technical player I've ever seen at West Ham. I don't think he's the best player because I think Paolo was because I think you need that entertainment, you need that. That sort of showmanship. He was, you know, he was technically a superb player. Technically, probably the best player I think I'm ever going to likely to see at West Ham from a technical perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he, he sort of that year. It was, yeah, you were totally right. I think that year was his year. That year was he was the, you know, arguably the best player in the Premier League. Um, bar a couple of dodgy decisions by the referees and the officials that year, we would have been in the Champions League spot that year. Yeah. No, no shadow of a doubt. We had, we had, we had the momentum, and he, he didn't pick a lot. You know, he didn't play a lot of games for us, but he made an incredible impact over those, those are games he did play. And we wouldn't have had that last season at the bowling if it wasn't for him. It wouldn't have been such a magical season if it wasn't for, for Dimitri Payet. And I think he'll always have that with his, um, on his resume for West Ham. Um, and then people forget, you know, and you know, 
maybe he never originally wanted to come over here. Maybe he always went to stay at Marseille and we, they sold him. And, you know, or maybe, you know, the way he left Marseille is very similar to the way he left us. So, you know, if he's got form already, then, uh, then do you know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, yeah, what do we expect? Yeah, they going to change their spots over 18 months, are they really? So, but he was a great player. And I think it, if you look at it from a pure football perspective, it was an absolute joy to watch a player so skillful play for West Ham. And do it from day one. Yeah. I remember the South End pre-season friendly where he's just turned it. You know, I think he scored a free kick as well, and it was just like, you know, this guy's going to be good. And then uh, you thought, oh, is it just because it's South End? And then obviously, then we played Arsenal, and he just was doing the Rabonas and things from day one. You know, so it's uh, yeah, top top player. He was top draw. Okay, so the Canio Payet, who's going to be the, the third in this trilogy? Uh, it's the only one who who hasn't actually won Hammer of the Year or been a runner-up or anything like that. Um, I'm going with uh, Dean Ashton. It was a tough decision. I, I, I had John Hartson down at one point. Um, obviously, we all know how good John Hartson was for that, that one yeah. seat or the 18 months sort of that he had where he kept us up um, with Paul Kitson and the following season for him. But I've, I've just gone with Dean Ashton. I just think that, that technically uh, he was a little... He was a good... You know, very, very good player. Um, scored some brilliant individual goals, um, but also as well scored some typical striker goals as well, you know, like the tappings or, you know, the headers as well. Um, it was a good link player as well, which I think is probably going to be needed in this to, in this in this team. Yeah. And, uh, and Pai, I don't think there'll be too much passing to other players. Um, and obviously... You know, it always seems to be the Wales we mentioned Winston Reed, uh, Winston Reed before. Um, another player, unfortunately, who had who had literally the world at his feet for us. Uh, obviously, terrible injury ruined it. Um, and even in just that brief spell that he had for us, um, I think if he if he hadn't got injured, I think he would have had another seat. He would have had that season for us. Mm. And then I think one of the top four, as it yeah. was at that time, would have yeah. come in for him um, because I. He looked. He had everything that he wanted. You know, he could hold oh, it. Up, yeah. You know, but he could also. I wasn't necessarily the most mobile player, but he could spin in behind. Mm. He right foot, left foot. He wasn't afraid. He was always mm. going to have a shot. Um, and as a, you know, for me, he was another notch up from the strikers that we'd had at that time. Yeah. No disrespect no, to, no, 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 no. to Zamora or Marlon Harewood and, and, and Teddy. Um, because they were obviously all three of them in, in their own way brought a lot of you know some great times for us and good memories yeah. um, and obviously all had their own strengths um, but Ashton for me was just the next the next level up yeah. um, and I think the love the love that West Ham fans have for Dean Ashton I think can probably be described in, in potentially two two goals one we played Roma I think it wasn't a pre-season friendly and he came on at half time and obviously it was the Dino Dino chart mm. Um, as he was as he was making his way on and he ran from about 35, 40 yards out, dribbled in and out a couple of players and scored a goal. And he thought, brilliant, Dean Ashton's back. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what we need after the great escape. He's going to give us a, you know, uh, that boost that we need. And obviously, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, not, well, he played that season, didn't he? But, um, and also as well, obviously, in um, uh, Mark Noble's testimony, course, yeah. that, that acrobatic uh, goal, um, just really, as I said before, epitomises really that he was a very, very good, well, very, very good technical player 
uh, and I think he could score all all the oh, time. He could. Yeah, he could. He was he, he was the most complete striker I think I've ever seen at West Ham in my lifetime. Um, he could do it all. He could do yeah. it all. He could hold it up. He could bang it in. He had the skill to you know to probably do a decent you know free kick out of the box. He could drill it in. He could be that fox in the box. He had a turn of pace to get past defender. He could header. He was he was brilliant. It was one of those. It was just a typical West Ham thing, wasn't it? Just a typical West Ham thing. You know, we want these players to do well. We want these players to play for England and stuff like that. And then when they do, they get hobbled. That's that's. That, I mean, I don't even watch England play now. I literally just have. I just go through the text, making sure that if Dex playing, that oh he's been substituted at sixty-five minutes. Why is that? Oh, he's not injured. Okay, so I'm not bothered. I don't give a shit. To be honest. I really don't give a shit. But um, as long as he's not injured. Um, but yeah, no, he's he was a brilliant player. It's a shame that obviously, as you said, he would have probably ended up being uh, you know, the strike partner for Rooney at Man United in England. Um, and he would have just, you know, people look at Harry Kane. Harry Kane hasn't got a patch on Dean Ashton. No, Not a patch. I agree. I agree. I think they're, they're probably similar sort of style of players. Yeah, similar now. build, I'd say, but that was it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know I, mean? I think that, um, that yeah, Dean Ashton, the world literally was at his feet. It was, yeah. In terms of of, of how good he he would have he, and could have been. Um, yeah. Obviously, just such a shame, really, that obviously what happened to him in the end. Exactly, and I just think it's it was just a terrible shame. It was a terrible shame of him. But uh, anyway, and that's it. That's that's your you'd be first the match of the day, Mark. That's for sure. <laughs> Necessarily, like you know, yeah. winning every game. <laughs> five nil one way, five the other way next week. But no, it's all good, man. Um, thank you so much for your time, uh, and obviously the effort has gone into putting that eleven today. I really, really appreciate your, your the thought process, the agonising decisions you've had to make. Um, so cheers, man. It's really, really good. Um, thank you very much for having me on. It's been, been a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, man. Obviously, thanks to everyone else for watching or listening. If it's on podcast or on YouTube, whatever it is, give it a like, give it a share. And until next time, from myself and from Mark, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Come on, you irons. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Take care, everyone. Much. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.